Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about a fight I had. A fight I had in my head. You know when your mind just goes down a rabbit hole and you create these kind of battles in your own mind that feel so real in your emotional body that it feels like you've actually experienced them. Sometimes they're a second, sometimes they're a little bit longer, but they feel so real. Now, I've been doing a lot of work around this and had such an amazing experience of this this morning. I want to share it and I also want to share what you can do to get yourself out of that emotional state. So let's dive into this episode. So how did this topic come to mind? Now, I think I've mentioned in the last few episodes, I've been doing a lot of work around uh, clearing old emotions, acupressure, a bunch of different work. And one of the tools is this emotion code work, which tries to clear trapped emotions. Now, some people believe in this, some people don't. There's a lot of stuff you can watch and read if you want to understand the science and the thought process behind it all. But it's the kind of simple concept is, is that our minds trap uh, energy, emotion, whatever the phrase you want to call it, in the physical body. Uh, this can sometimes cause uh, illness, it can sometimes cause a bunch of random stuff, um, or problems that you, you suffer repeatedly. Uh, now there's a heap of different people, Joe Dispenza out there, there's the emotion code, there's a heap of different tools uh, out there that use this theory, um, and they've had some pretty amazing successes. Now, I've been doing some work on it, and, and honestly, I've had some fantastic uh, moments of clearing energy and seeing how I feel afterwards and seeing my demeanor change, seeing my outlook on life adjust ever so slightly. But that slight adjustment is kind of like if you imagine you turn a boat one degrees to the right, as you start to move forward, that one degrees grows. So a small shift makes a massive impact. So I've really been enjoying it. And one of the things I noticed this morning out on my run, when I say run, my walk. <laughs> I automatically went to run. Definitely didn't run. On my walk, uh, I, was, I was going down a pathway. And I was thinking about the changes that I've made this year in my life. And you know how quickly your brain goes? It just goes, shum, 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 shum. And I was thinking about how I've given up alcohol. And so the next thing that went through my mind is, will, will I do this forever? And then part of me is going down one rabbit hole going, yes, this is so good for you. Another part's going, what parts of life can you not deal with without alcohol? And you know, this is literally where my brain goes. And so one of the places that appeared in my mind was when I'm on holiday or traveling. You know, if I get on a plane, if I go to the UK, it's like a 24-hour journey. By the time you've got on planes, off planes, it's a long way. And I get a, lot, I get a bit stressed there, and I usually drink on planes. And again, when I'm in uh, places that are very foreign, like, um, like the UK, say the US, very different to where I'm based, I sometimes use alcohol to relax. So that's always been a, a frame in my mind. And so... I'm walking along this path and I'm, I'm going through this, this process in my mind. I'm talking to myself um, and in my head, not out loud. That would be a bit mad. But the, um, you know, I'm talking to myself in my head and I, and I start playing this, 
this experience that didn't exist where I go to a bar over in the UK and I ask for a 0% beer and my brain's going, do they actually do 0% beers over here? Is the bartender going to make fun of me? And then in my own mind, the bartender made fun of me and said, said, hey, you need to drink a real man's beer or something along those lines. And so I end up fighting with this bartender in my head. Now this happens over about 10 seconds in real life. Like it's not a long process. Uh, but it's it's happening in my head, and I'm I'm fighting with this bartender, not like physically, but I'm I'm thinking how can I put this guy down and back in his place, so telling him how his opinion doesn't matter, and it's like I'm building up this war chest of of fighting words, um, and and this is all happening in my head, this is all happening in my visual mind, it's all go, it's all happening, I see it so clearly, and I even feel some of the emotions that go along with this, okay. And so this is where it's really interesting is these emotions that are that are connected to something that's happening in my brain, you know, these are creating mem- emotional memories in my body repeatedly. And this is happening to, you know, this happens to blatantly everyone in the world through trauma and a bunch of different way, things that happen. But with the dyslexic mind, as our mind is overactive, it's very visual. You know, it's very, it's very quick to create these stories in our head that aren't actually real, um, and then create an emotional effect of that in our bodies that our bodies remember. And so like I know the work I'm doing around emotion code work, I'm releasing a heap, stuff that I don't even know why it was trapped, but afterwards I feel lighter. And yeah, it's hard to even explain, but it feels like a weight is lifted off my shoulders, which is really, really uh, powerful. I've got a fantastic practitioner who's absolutely awesome uh, at it. And, you know, what I realized this morning when I was walking, it was such a great example of how the visual mind plays these tricks. I've done podcasts earlier on about fighting with the lawnmower man for not taking his invoices early on. I did them really early in my (laughs) podcasting world, but I'd have a fight in my brain because the lawnmower man uh, who we used only took cash for payment. And uh, he'd always forget to ask for it. So it was my responsibility to kind of remember how much I owed him. And I had this fight in my head going, come on, give me your bank account. It was just a completely irrelevant fight. But you could feel that the energy of the fight in my body. Um, And, you know, these are just a couple of examples because I'm sure you'll have your own. I'm sure there'll be times this happens, you don't even pick it up. But you can imagine how many of these these, uh, active mind fights are delivering emotional change. Now, what do you do about it? You know, this is happening. I don't know how to stop it. My brain just works this way. It doesn't, there's no off switch. But there are things you can do. So, you know, the first thing is I am working with emotion code practitioners to clear some of the old stuff. I've cleared, you know, something that happened 10 years ago uh, when I had a boss and there was a massive business explosion. Things just didn't go well and it was really negative. And I had entrapped so much of that in my body. And that played a part in my life. It was there. Like it was a foundational problem. When we cleared that maybe three weeks ago, I've just felt composure. Composure is the word I would use. Like, you know, I get into some point where I used to be really worried. That worry is starting to disappear. Or it's not playing out at any level close to where it's been. And it already was lower than it used to be, but it's kind of taken another jump down. And again, having gone back on Monday, last couple of days, 
you know, feeling better in general. So that's one thing you can do. Emotion code is great. And we use, I use a place called AG Wellness over in New Zealand. She does do online sessions as well. Um, I can, I can give anyone the information if they require it. Um, but there are practitioners around the world. Search Emotion Code. Um, I'll try and put her details in the podcast. The second thing I, I do as well, is, and this is what I did this morning, is how do you, when you catch yourself, the few times you do, when you see yourself going down this very visual and clear path, how do you change the emotion? How do you remind yourself it's not actually real? Because so much of the stuff in our head, so much of belief, so much of all of this, it's all made up. It's all stories, right? Our stories are just so visual and emotive, they play a lot longer role in our lives. So we need to actually remind ourselves these are not real. Or the other way of doing it is how do I change the narrative? So this fight I've had with a bartender that doesn't exist, by the way, I've never had this experience. This is it's just how amazing. And to be honest, the bar was so real. It was like a wood oak kind of bar. There were lots of bottles behind him. He had a little uh, bow tie on, actually. It was very, very clear. You know, but it was so real in my head, it kind of, it really thought it was real. And so what I did is, at the end of it, when I clicked what I was doing, I decided I can, this is movies in my head. I'm the director I'm the person watching it, feeling the emotion, because it's not real. I'm watching it like in a movie chair. Some of this is an NLP practice, watching it back and realizing you're the person watching it. Um, but, you know, that kind of that kind of feel, I means I can change the movie. So when I got to the end of it going through my head and I clicked, I jumped over the bar, gave the guy a hug and said, hey, sorry about that, you know, no harm. And he said the same thing back. Yeah, just a misunderstanding. Enjoy your 0% beer. Brilliant. And so what's happened there is I've actually changed my memory of something that didn't exist, which seems mad, really. You know, if you'd have told me this 10 years ago, I'd have laughed. But I'm changing the story in my head. I'm changing a memory that's invented. And so we can all do this. The stuff in our head is not real. Even if it's reacting something from the past, it's not real. It's very, like, they've proven that the memory of everyone is about 50% ac accurate at best. You know, if you've ever watched a crime movie or a crime documentary, um, the amount of witness statements where they do a, a sketch of the offender is so inaccurate, it's just ridiculous. Because the brain doesn't store very accurate information a lot of the time. It kind of creates its own narrative or its own perspective on it. And so, you know, you have the opportunity to change these stories. Now, this can happen if you're playing these stories again and again, and it's a common problem or issue. Uh, you can, you know, you can really uh, start to shift those, those thoughts. I even use this technique to go back into my past. I don't know about you guys, but I found that traumas in my past were very visual. There was, a, there was a great one I had years back, and I'm going a bit off topic here, but it's all around the visual mind changing the narrative. Um, I used this technique when I was thinking back to my, I want to say I was six years old. I'd say six years old. Now, six years old, I'm sitting on the school bus, and there's a girl behind me. And at six, you think, I don't know, I don't know what you think, but I, um, I said, oh, I want to ask her out. And she would have been, oh, she'd have been older. She'd be nine, maybe 10. You know, I was six years old at the time. Little arrogant little kid. <laughs> God knows what was going through my dyslexic mind. And I, I turned around and I asked her out. And she smiled and said no. And I just remember turning around and feeling like rejection. 
worthlessness you know i'm not good enough all of this came through my brain from this this moment and i've remembered this story and i don't have you know i don't have a vivid memory of of hours of footage of my my memories of, of as a kid but this memory was so traumatic in my body it kind of like stuck this memory that i can remember it viscerally i can remember it in my body i can remember it visually the works and so i remember you know using this process to go back there and and add to the story so i, I went back i replayed that story in my head and my body the feelings and then I, rem I remember listening and hearing her say, oh, that kid is so cute. If he was just a little bit older, um, you know, I would have gone out with him to her, her friend. You know, that's what I heard in my ears, in my head. I was closing my eyes doing it again as I was saying that in the podcast. So by changing that and then applying the emotion, what does that emotion change to that story? You know, that emotion changes. Oh, okay. I'm just a bit too young. It's not me. And like, I know this seems really simple, but gosh, it is powerful. It is such a powerful technique and our brains are so designed for it. If you can apply this into the way you approach uh, emotional issues um, like this, like, I don't know about you, it is game changing. I've done this to quite a few memories that I know have had a massive impact because it's like, you know, how I started, it's that one degree change. If, you, if this can give you a one degree shift back in the right direction, um, if something's been put in your life, say there's a memory from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, that just keeps popping up. If you can shift that, you think how far you've been going off course because of that, for how many years and how that's impacted you. So that's what I wanted to share today, guys. It was quite a deep, deep one. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this. I feel really composed. Who'd have thought? Um, so yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed the pod. If you are, please give it a like, a share, a review. You know, I know it's boring. I appreciate it. Thank you. And for everyone who's joining the Facebook group at the moment, you know, when you join, just shout out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about anything you're looking for help with. Everyone there is really friendly. So have an epic rest of your day. And that's Stephen from The Truth About Dyslexia.